Reds infielder Jonathan India is reportedly available. Could he be a fit for the Mariners? That and more Mariners questions coming up here on Mailbag Monday. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, July 24th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Pennett for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. And this episode is, of course, Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. We'll also be announcing the winners of our Mariners ticket giveaway a little later on. So be sure to stick around for that. Uh, but let's get into these questions. We're going to start with Gilbert here, who uh, says, News broke that Reds express willingness to trade Jonathan India for a young, controllable starting pitcher. Does anyone in the M system make sense? Uh, if they want Emerson Hancock, sure. Uh, but they don't. So no, the answer is no. The answer is no. And, uh, I'm not willing to trade any pitcher in the Mariners rotation currently for Jonathan India. He is a sub 100 WRC plus guy with bad defense. Yep. He is woefully out of position at second base. He should be playing third base, but the bat doesn't profile well at third base. Yep. So essentially for him to be worth one of your young pitchers, he has to be an above average offensive second baseman who's at least average defensively. And he is neither of those things. So no, yep. nope. India is not the guy. Yeah. I'm not paying for the guy that won rookie of the year two years ago. I'm paying for the guy that he is now, which again is a sub 100 WRC plus guy with bad defense. And I'll pay a little extra on that because of the upside, because of the years of control, but not that much. I'm not paying Brian Wu. I'm not paying Bryce Miller. I'm not paying any of those guys for Jonathan India. So, yeah. If it's just about the bat, you can just get, go get Mark Canna for Alberto Rodriguez. Right. That's about Mark Canna is a better better bat right now, as of yep. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple years down the line, whatever. But as far as, like, how does how do these guys help me in 2023 and even 2024 just projecting out that way? Uh, just Jonathan India is not a guy that I'm willing to bank that much on personally. Nope. You pretty much need a three team deal if you want Jonathan India and I don't see it. Next question here comes from Max. I heard you guys talking a lot about the upside in Cardinals outfielder, Dylan Carlson. What do you guys see in him that gives you confidence? He can be better on the same note. What do you guys look at or for when deciding if a guy has more potential than they have shown? Uh, So, Colby, uh, you've been high on the upside, fairly high on the upside of Dylan Carlson as of late. So tell us about that first before we answer the second part of Max's question. Sure. Um, You know, first and foremost, prospect uh, prestige uh, does give you a longer leash. And the fact that Dylan Carlson has been a major league average hitter for essentially the first three years of his career and is only 24 years old, that those, just those factors alone tell you that, yeah, there's probably a bit more uh, when you look at, you know, what's left in the tank. There's probably more because typically you don't hit your, your prime until 27 through 30, somewhere in that range. 
So if you're already an average big leaguer at the age of, I think Carlson just turned 25, um, then there's probably more there. That also means that there's a really high floor that you're just always going to be, you know, at least for a long time, a league average hitter. And, and Carlson does other things that help you too. He's a pretty good runner. He's a pretty good defender. Um, he showed power in the past more than he has. The bat speed suggests that there is more power there. So there's a lot of scouting things from his old scouting report that make you think that. And then you look at the, just the numbers, how steady they've been over the first, you know, three years of his career. And, and even though it's not mind blowing that he's, you know, essentially a, a 100, 105 WRC plus guy right now, he is only 24 years old. So, or 25 years old. So yeah, there's a lot of projection left there that he can still uh, get better. And, and he is having a, be- he's having a really good second half um, at last check, but uh yeah, it's mostly, you know, you look at the prospect profile from when he was drafted, from when he made his major league debut, and then you look at the success he's had in the majors, and he's been relatively good, you know, as a major leaguer. Um, and you look at age and you kind of project forward, and, and that's mostly what it is. There's also things like chase rates, um, you know, hard hit rates are, is another one, ex-WOBA. Um, mm-hmm. But you got to be careful with those because that's not a – one size fits all thing, right? Like Ty France, when Ty France is good, it's not because he's hitting the ball at 115 miles an hour every time he's out there, right? Sometimes exit velos and ex wobas, they're a little bit, uh, you know, they don't tell the entire story. So be a little careful with that. But uh, yeah, I, Carlson for me, it's it's what his profile suggests he is, what he's already been at a young age in the majors. Um, and it's, it's mostly those factors for projecting some more upside. And theoretically speaking, he's most likely going to be cheaper than what's been speculated for Lars Newbar. He's also not playing as much, uh, you know, Tyler O'Neill. I don't know if O'Neill's back or not yet, but a few days ago, a few days ago, I read that, you know, once O'Neill returned from injury, that Carlson was essentially going to become the fourth outfielder there in St. Louis. So he's only playing like two times, three times, maybe four times a week there in St. Louis, uh, then he, he should be had for a fairly reasonable cost. Uh, and so with that upside uh, paired with with what it could potentially cost there, I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, so what do we look for when looking at guys that, that might have a little more in the tank? Um, I mean, it can be just as simple as like the, the obvious numbers, right? An uptick in, in production over a certain period of time. Uh, or it could be a little bit deeper than that. You know, hard hit rates, if we're talking about a hitter, specifically hard hit rates, uh, barrel percentages, anything that suggests that more success is on the way. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else, Bobby? Yeah, for hitters, you know, it's like if the end zone contact rate is above average, but his batting average is below average. And, and you know, you look at line drive rates and fly ball, you try and see like, hey, is this guy maybe getting a little bit unlucky with his batted balls? Um, you look for things like that for, for pitchers. Typically I'm looking for, uh, you know, guys whose X ERA or FIP is a lot lower than their ERA. Um, or you're kind of looking at guys who maybe have a good pitch that they're not utilizing enough. Uh, and that's why you think, Hey, if they, they tweak this, if they can, you know, use the slider a bit more, they could maybe go to a two seamer instead of a four seamer, then there's probably more untapped potential there. But a lot of the times what you're looking for is is just athletes. Who's a really good athlete that hasn't really been a good baseball player yet or, you know, has been a, a good baseball player, but you think could be better. 
that's the guy you take the shot on and, and you trust your your player development and, and all that stuff to to make them better. And that that's that's true even at the big when you're looking at big league guys. It's not just the farm system guys that you're trying to develop. You're trying to develop big leaguers too. Um and so yeah, for me it's it's you know I you just kind of look at it and say, This is what the guy was supposed to be, this is what he's been. And the numbers suggest the metrics suggest hard hit rate, you know, line drive rate batting average and balls in play, X Woba, blah, blah, blah. It all yeah. suggests that this could be what he is, and that's pretty much what you're looking for. Quality of contact numbers, et cetera, yep. et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mariners are big on the quality of contact stuff. Sure, for sure. All right, we're going to be announcing the winners of our Mariners ticket giveaway, and we're going to be answering more of your questions in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked on Mariners podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. Are you using the Sleeper app for daily fantasy baseball? Want to times your money by 100? Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you can win big. If you think Julio's going yard, Add him to your lineup. If you think Bryce Miller's striking out six or more, add him to your lineup. Making your picks is easy and takes only 30 seconds or less. And if you win, you can withdraw your payout safe and quickly. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. You can catch the Mariners and the Twins tonight on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, Before we answer more of your questions, it's time for us to announce the winners of our Mariners' Red Sox ticket giveaway. Again, we are giving away two tickets each for each of the Mariners' Red Sox games next week at T-Mobile Park, Terrace Level Club tickets, and the winner for Monday's game, you're going to be going to Monday's game, July 31st. Link Storm said, I would love to go on Monday, 731. Our next winner for the Tuesday game on Tuesday, August 1st, is Michael Carlton, 8439. Ahoy, guys. Great game and a very interesting day indeed. Also, I would like the Tuesday game for the Red Sox and the Mariners. And our winner for the Wednesday game. It's Jeremy Montgomery, 88-21. Had the pleasure to wish all the Canadians safe travels after the game Friday night. The game was great. Would love to go back for the Wednesday game. Thanks for the pod, boys. Well, thank you to all of our winners, and thank you to everyone who entered. Uh, for our winners, you have 72 hours to claim your tickets. Email us over at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I'll get those transferred over to you. All right, so. Let's get back into these questions here, Colby. We got one from Alex. Do you think the Jared Kelnick situation could be like the Jesse Winker takes on the Angels situation from last year that pushes the team together and kicks them into gear? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the Jesse Winker thing did that. I think it's an easy thing to point to and say that's the turning point. Um, But the real reason that they turned it around is that they started scoring six runs a game. That's how they won 14 in a row. They scored five, six runs a game, and their pitching yeah. was really good. Yeah. Uh, so, no. But, yeah. uh, you know, they have won three of their last four since the incident. So, I guess if you want to, you know, if you believe in that type of stuff, I I, I don't personally. Um, sure. I yeah. don't think that losing one of your best players galvanizes the team. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened, and, and I'm not going to pretend what I 
to know what it's like in that Mariners clubhouse right now. So maybe, yeah. but I, I doubt it. Especially with an injury that happened the way it did. I just self-inflicted like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is a vibes changer. Maybe they were able to spin it around positively for them. And that's given them something here. I mean, they have looked more lively than they have for most of the year this past, these past four days, sure. but how valuable is that at the end of the day? I don't probably not a whole lot but hey if it's helped them in some sort of way great awesome good for them if they needed something like that to give them a little kick in the rear end then cool but mm-hmm. i i have no idea how to even quantify that for you guys but, yeah, yeah i just i doubt it all right next question here comes from hunter as we get closer who are some players that reasonably are on the radar at this point canna seems like a good fit but curious what you guys think at this point um yeah so canna dylan carlson i mean there's a bunch of uh, you know possibilities here and you know what's gonna happen i don't need to say it really but we know that once we get to the trade deadline colby and i are gonna get on this show talking about someone that we haven't even thought about because that's what jerry depoto does uh but yeah you know who who are some other guys on the on the radar that you think are realistic for the mariners quality uh tommy fam uh yeah. it's a pretty good one he's having a nice year uh you know kind of kept his his nose clean after the whole jock peterson thing so it doesn't appear to be the problem a problem anymore and, i think uh, that you should trade for tommy fam and jock peterson and platoon if them. only the giants weren't in it then yes i would agree um but yeah uh he definitely makes some sense um i think that uh randall gritchuk makes a lot of sense he does um, yeah yeah he's kind of pretty much tommy fam uh you know right-handed hitter uh josh bell could make some sense cleveland's in it but they do some weird things at the deadline so you never know uh same with ahmad rosario is that the right one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yes uh yeah he could be available um so yeah, there, there's plenty of guys who could be available. Seth Brown is a guy who I know Ty hates, but whatever. There's some value there. I think he's a good fit in the ballpark. Like imagine an athletic Mike Ford. There you go. Uh, more athletic Mike Ford, I should say. Uh, so yeah, apparently just acknowledging that he's only been good for half a season is hating him. No, great for half a season, but sure, um, sure. sure, like yeah. top five, top ten in baseball for half a season, but. Yeah. Um, you know, some maybe lesser known like Hunter Renfro would make some sense, except for the whole Angels thing. And the Mariners of Angels haven't made a trade in more than a decade. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably not that realistic. But yeah, there's definitely guys. I mean, Cody Bellinger's market's probably gonna get away from you, but you should be thinking about him. You should be thinking about maybe Max Kepler. You could be thinking about um Re- refresh Paul my memory Cole. on Bellinger. Is it a is it a mutual option? It's a, I think it's a yeah, so he'll opt out. Yeah, so and no, the Cubs pro and the Cubs would just put the QO on him, so you kind of have to give him more than the qualifying offer than the draft pick compensation would be. So yeah. that's probably like Emerson Hancock or Class A and something, which you know, I if there was about. a club option there, I would still consider him, but given mm. where you are right now, given how expensive he's it. probably gonna be, really I still consider, it, yeah. So it's all dependent on the cost. Um sure. Yeah, so you know, there, there's a lot of guys that uh, you know fill, fill this uh, this role. Like, if you're looking for maybe like a more of a, a like Jorge Polanco, maybe is a guy that might make some sense. 
Uh, but yeah, there's, I think you're looking at like Tommy Pham, Mark Hanna, uh, Randall Gritchuk. Uh, ideally you'd like the guy to be lefty, but beggars can't be choosers. Mark Hanna makes sense. Uh, so you're not, you're not discounting guys just because they're right-handed. So yeah, yeah I, I think the Mets make some sense here. And I think Canna or Pham, uh, make a lot of sense, uh, for this club. And then you'd like to get a lefty, but aside from Bellinger, you know, there's not. I mean, because you're probably not getting Conforto. You're probably not getting Peterson, even though they're both rentals because the Giants are in it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you're pretty much know who's available. Uh, I guess, you know, one other name that I throw out there, just just suggesting that maybe you watch it, uh, is Yohan Mankata. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, I think you guys know by this point who's available and who's not. Uh, who's likely to be available and who's not. And then you always have to be ready for surprises because – you could wake up on you know Friday and see that the Mariners have traded Paul Seawald for Harold Ramirez, and and nobody ever saw it coming. So, right. uh, but yeah, I, I did. I do think Fam, Gritcha, Canna seem like more likely targets than than most because the thing you guys have to remember is that no trade is ever likely to happen. None. No. No. So yeah. Yeah, I'll throw a couple more just random names out there. Not saying they would be good additions, but. I could see the Mariners maybe taking a flyer on them, like Mike Talkman from Chicago, or Patrick, or Patrick Wisdom, who's been twenty grade, who hits home runs, and that's it. He's right-handed, he's, Mike Ford. He strikes out forty percent of the time too. He's <laughs> like, worse than right-handed, Mike Ford. He is worse than right right-handed, Mike Ford. But I, you know, I'm just covering all my bases here because you, you just you never Jake know. Bowers. You, sure, why not? Yeah, I, I didn't have Jake Lamb or Matthew Boyd on the list last year, so or Kirk Kelly. Very few did, Ty. Very few did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. We don't need to rehash that whole thing. All right, next question here comes from Kenny. If the M's are trading for a bat before the deadline, would you rather they trade from their rotation or a farm package that includes one of their top five prospects? And can you explain why for the people in the back? Yeah, farm so system. Yeah, farm system for sure. Uh, yeah, when we're talking about pitchers right and we're not talking about your run-of-the-mill number fours number fives we're talking about you know guys that are either established number threes or better or have shown you or have shown you that their ceiling is is that right bryce miller and brian Wu would fit more so into that category whereas castillo kirby and gilbert are the former category so uh, pitching is just so hard and expensive to find, and it's really true. Even though that it is a cliche, it really is true. You can never have enough pitching, and so it has to be a pretty special bat for you to trade a pitcher of that caliber. And right. to me, right now, when we're talking within the context of this current trade market, there isn't a bat out there that is legitimately available to me that I go, yeah, I would trade George Kirby for that guy. I would trade Logan Gilbert for that guy. I would trade Brian Wu for that guy. It just isn't a right. perfect fit. That isn't to say that it, it's not possible that there isn't a trade that could happen there where I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. I see that. I understand it. But it's it's rare. It's it's, it's a lot more rare than I think a lot. I, it's, it's a lot more rare and a lot harder to fathom than I think a lot of fans yeah. assume. Yeah. Um, I know that the Mariners are really good at developing pitching too. Um, I've seen that comment a lot that, well, they'll just develop the next guy and sure. you could be right, but who is the next guy? 
because right now the Mariners kind of have a lack of like the next wave of pitchers. They focus so much attention on the offense and and getting these young hitters and they're doing a good job of that and developing them that really after Hancock, it's Michael Morales is probably your next best guy. And he's like Mike leak at best. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you and don't. Walter actually, Ford's like probably five years away. At least, like you yeah. are Ash Nizzi, same thing. Like you've got some work to do there. Like you, the the good news is again because you have a pitching staff that is under club control right now. That if they stay healthy, you're you know relatively healthy. You're not going to yeah. need those guys, and and you can go out and you can always acquire a number five starter really at any point for next to nothing. Yeah. Um, but no, the reason you're trading, you know. The reason you're trading the farm system guys, despite, you know, wanting to continue to build that up is that they're not major leaguers. Like right now, there is not a single major league ready player in the Mariner system that is worth anything in in the trade market, except for maybe Emerson Hancock. Yeah. So you view like Cole Young. I love Cole Young, right? He's great. Might be the number one prospect when we do our re-ranks. He's at least two years away. And then you might be another two years away from being an everyday guy who contributes because we don't know progression. Isn't like player player development isn't linear. So he can get yeah. to the big leagues fast and then it could take him two or three years to find his footing. Yeah. So if you trade him now, you're not hurting your big club for at least two or three more years. At least mm-hmm. if you trade Logan Gilbert now, who's the popular one to, you know, get thrown around right now, then you've hurt your club for the next five years. Yeah. The simple fact of the matter is anybody you think you can get for Logan Gilbert, you can probably get for a prospect package instead. Yeah. Now, this conversation is a little bit different in the winter because obviously yes. you have more options to go address your your rotation and you don't mm-hmm. have to trade prospects to, you know, look at those options either. Right. So like if the Mariners went out and traded Logan Gilbert, but then they turned around and signed Blake Snell again, just pulling a name out of thin air here, then yeah, fine. Cool. Whatever. But when you're in the middle of the season and you're in the middle of a wild card race, like the Mariners are right now, you don't trade, especially from really your only strength. I mean, the bullpen as well. Bullpen's a strength too for the Mariners. But your five starters are a strength, but Mm -hmm. starting pitching depth is a weakness. It is. It is. So you're kind of creating a weakness. Well, and also you're you're going to be shutting down Wu at some point. So if you if you subtract another pitcher, like if you're not just trading Wu, if you're shutting down Wu and trading Gilbert, you got a problem on your hands, and that's not a, a that's not a cheap problem to fix, and that's not a, a problem that you're going to fix with a number four or a number five, right? Yeah. You might be able to mask some of the deficiencies there, but Drew Smiley is a for example again just pulling another name out of thin air here, he's a massive drop off from Logan Gilbert from Bryce Miller. So, I mean, I, even if just hypothetically, right. Just to wrap this up, Mm. because it's all hypothetical until something happens. If the Mariners traded Logan Gilbert for Lars Newbar, which has kind of been a popular, even though the Cardinals have repeatedly said, we're not trading Lars Newbar, which is stupid, but whatever that's the Cardinals could do what they want. If that deal was made, you should be furious because you know what I can do. I can just go trade, Alberto Rodriguez for Mark Canna, who's had a, has a higher WRC plus than Lars Newbar right now, and keep Logan Gilbert. Would you rather have Logan Gilbert and Mark Canna or Lars Newbar? That's how you have to look at this thing, and particularly right. in season. 
in the winter, all bets are off. You can go trade for another pitcher. You can blah, 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 right? All bets are, you could trade prospect bats for prospect arms. And that makes a lot more sense in the winter than it does in the summer. But right now at the deadline, you're trading from your farm system pretty much like exclusively, unless there's a sideways deal you can make with like Seawald or, or Teoscar or somebody like that. Right. Yeah. And as far as like, you know, the Newt Bar, Canna, et cetera, conversation goes, like upside and, and paying for, you know, Newt Bar being more in the future, that's all great and that is important. But the most important thing here when you're acquiring players in 2023, especially if you are serious about competing, is what can they do for me this year? Right. Yeah. How much of an upgrade is it for me this year? How much of an upgrade or how worth it is it for me to trade starting pitching for that guy this year? Right. Like, so are you getting worse or are you getting better right. for 2023? And, and in that example, you're, you're, you're most likely getting worse. And at best, you're, you're net zero. And that's if Hancock comes up and is basically Logan Gilbert right away. Right. And that's, uh, that's a not time. going to happen. Yeah. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. We got a couple more questions here. We got one here from Peter. Uh, it's from Bob uh, Nightingale, so big grain of salt. But if Wilson Contreras is really available, would you be interested? And in what's the biggest red flag? The cost, contractor fit? Could Jerry get creative and find a three teamer that sends uh, Tom Murphy out and lowers Mariners' cost by getting St. Louis prospects from both teams? Uh, to answer the question about the biggest red flag, it's all three. It's all three for me. Uh, Contreras is known as a bad clubhouse fit. He's expensive. And you don't really need him. So, yeah, I'm I'm out on Wilson Contreras. I have no interest in going down that path. Uh, so, as far as your second question goes, it doesn't really matter to me. Because I just, I don't want Wilson Contreras, personally. Do you feel any differently, Colby? No. Yeah. He's he's a catcher, right? And that's fine. He's a pretty good one. You have Cal Raleigh. You have Tom Murphy. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine a catcher. Uh, and this guy is overpaid for what the bat is. So yeah. it's not a positional need. It's too much money for the quality of bat you're getting if you don't care about the catcher defense, which we don't because the Mariners are fine there. It's just not a good fit. Yeah. I uh, forgot to mention that you can catch the Mariners and the Twins tonight on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Let's get into our final question here, Colby. This one comes from Vlad. What are the pitching options with Wu close to being shut down and Marco still not throwing? So we, we've talked about this a little bit. Emerson Hancock's that next guy up, I would think. Uh, obviously, you still have Tommy Malone and you have Adam Aller and Logan Allen in uh, Tacoma, but uh, yeah, I would think that Hancock as of now would be the, the next guy if there was an injury or when they shut down Brian Wu. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jerry's also talked about not shutting down Wu and just going to a six man rotation for part of the year, which the problem with that is, is obviously you're giving the ball to Castillo, Kirby and Gilbert less as well as Wu and Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, so the number six has got to be pretty good to justify that. And I don't know if you want Hancock to be that guy. So in in the case that they want, you know, to go with a six man rotation, then they probably have to go out and acquire another arm. And it's doesn't have to be a great one, but like probably has to be at least Drew Smiley or, um, you know, 
uh, Mikolas from uh, St. Louis. Uh, maybe if there's some contract, Montgomery, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why, you know, I know Jerry has said repeatedly that pitching is not really at the top of our priority list at free agency or at the trade deadline. Um, it should be, especially if you're going to roll a six man rotation. I mean, even if you're going to roll, well, just shut yeah. Wu down, it should be. Because if you really, if you, if you don't think you're going to be in the playoff race, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Everybody just gets their work in and then you just roll with McCacken or Malone or yeah. Matt Brash. And, or, and if you, and if you know where to look, there's some information out there about the Mariners looking at starting pitching. So yeah, they, I mean, they've at least done some digging on that front. Sure. I've heard a lot of names, most of them, you know, number five, number four, number five types and, yeah. and maybe some upside plays like Jack Flaherty, but uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're definitely at least, they're at least talking They're at least. And that's one of those things that you can put together pretty quick at the last minute. So yeah. it makes sense for Jerry to say the focus is on bats at the deadline because he knows that he can go get a Tyler Anderson type basically whenever he wants, whenever he needs to. These are the times where I miss the waiver deadline. Yeah, same. The waiver same. deadline was awesome. I don't why Dude, that's how the Ash, that's how the Astros got Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. Like there's some real like awesome yeah. trades that have been made at the waiver deadline. Wasn't the uh, a Justin Upton trade a waiver deadline too? Which was it? Which I don't Justin know. It got traded trade. a few times. <laughs> uh I feel like there was another big one too, but like here's my thing, right? With more and more teams you know, staying in it longer. Yeah. Uh, obviously trade cost, even for, even for rentals is going to continue to go up, yeah. right? There's a new norm. So what you could get player X for five years ago, doesn't apply anymore. It throughout the playbook. You have to start from scratch. Why not extend the trade deadline from August one or August 30 or 30. They move it around a little bit to get it on a weekend basically, or get it on a day that they like. But it's generally between the 30th and, and the 2nd is when it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Why not yeah. just push it back to August 10 or August 15? Mm-hmm. Why not? Because now you might have teams that are surging and all of a sudden like, hey, now we're really into it. Let's go buy. Or you have teams that have fallen back at that point. They're like, okay, well, now let's go sell. Why not just wait two weeks? Would it make any sense to to do like a... a- like a time off period, like the trade deadline happens, like the first trade deadline happens, then you can't trade for like a month. And then there's like another like trade period for like a week or something. Basically the waiver deadline with extra steps. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much is. I mean, but Hey, major league baseball loves to do things with extra steps. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Unless there's anything you want to quickly rant about anything. Big Brother comes out next Wednesday, and I have some thoughts. <laughs> Find out on patreon.com forward slash control the zone if that interests you. Uh, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's C A N E G N Z L Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C P A T 1 1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.